0: My name is Jared Matthew Weiss, and every month in New York City, I host a conversation amongst a hundred people about love and sex. Everyone can be anonymous, and anyone can share. Because before we're straight, gay, cisgender, transgender, monogamous, polyamorous, whatever, we're human. And the more we talk to each other, the more human our world will be. On this podcast, you'll get to feel like you're sitting in the circle with us in New York City, listening and learning from other people's experiences in bed and in love. This is the Touchpoint Town Hall. Here we go. We are going to be talking tonight about sex under the influence. And so I always like to start by just getting some words, some words that come up. So when you hear sex under the influence, what words come up? Just shout them out when you have them. What? Guilt. guilt. Okay. What else? Drunk. drunk. Okay. What? Fun. Oh, we got two funs. Look, you guys are sitting so close together. That's no accident. Okay. Who else? So we got drunk, we got guilt. Gu- what? Blurry. Blurry. Okay. Uh, anybody else?
1: Exciting. Escape. Careless.
2: Messy. Exhilarating.
0: Okay. So you see, we all feel <laughs> differently about these things. So, so, y- do you mind if I ask you some questions? Sure. What's your name? Nora. Nora. Hi, I'm Jared. Oh, nice it's you. so good to meet you. She's just gonna come over here with a mic. So, so yeah, just give her a sec. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole plants, man. <laughs> so you said Nora? Yes. Nora, thank God you're here. How, how'd you get here?
2: My friend Courtney. Hi, she Courtney. Text me Oh my
3: God! (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So you said guilt? Yeah,
2: I guess mine was after, like the morning after. The morning after. Oh, this is texting. Sorry. Um, yeah, after I send the text and I sober up a little bit or something. Yeah.
0: After you send the text, Nora, tell us what
2: happened. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I sent a bit. Oh my God. I'm the first one. It's
0: okay. Listen. (laughs) If you don't want to share, you don't have to share. There's no pressure. There's no No pressure. Everybody, give her a round of applause. (laughs) (laughs) Set these people free. Go ahead.
2: All right. So uh, there was this person that we had just met, and it was just friendship. Um, And one night, I was super wasted, and I sent a very graphic, very open, very blunt, very embarrassing text to them and I'm very lucky the, the next day they wrote back with a very kind response like almost too kind where I'm like you don't have to be this nice like you could just be like you freak don't ever call me again. Yeah. So yeah and I'm still living it this was like almost a year ago and I It's so crazy that this is happening now but um, I wrote out this long list like a, a sorry text <laughs> to follow up Yeah, I feel guilty for sending that
0: text. Why do you feel guilty?
2: Because I feel like I fucked up something royally with this person as a friend, respectfully. Oh.
0: Anybody ever been there? Say word. Word. (laughs) Nora, you're not alone here.
2: This person's so amazing, and I'm like, great. Now they think I'm some freak.
0: But they said that you're not a freak.
2: No, and we still talk. Like it's still great. But I feel like there's this giant like elephant that we haven't uh, killed.
0: Okay. It's oh, terrible to All say. Right, well, thank, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Everybody Okay. So a lot comes up. I mean, guilt and shame and fear and friendship and like wow, we're talking about a lot of things here. So our first storyteller tonight, I'm super excited that she's here. Oh my god. Oh my god. My friend. Oh my god. We met the other day. Oh yeah, we did. We <laughs> met the other day. We've been texting. Oh, thank um, you. so her name is Laura. Laura, what up? Say hi. Hi. Everybody say hi, Laura. Hi, Laura. So, Laura, Laura, can you just tell us a little bit about, just a little, just like a sentence or two about your life, what you do, what you're doing.
4: Um, Hi, I'm Laura. I talk with my hands, so get ready for that. (laughs) Uh, I'm a writer and a sex educator, and I'm a senior creative at Refinery29, and um, I make cool videos and do a lot of body activism. So, yeah pretty cool. Uh, but one of the things I really, really love is I love for people to go down on me. Like, Ooh. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else feel
0: that
3: way? Say
4: work! Um, yeah, thank you. Um, and like, I'm looking around. There's a few people who can get my number in this room. <laughs> I see you. i see you. I see you guys in the back, I see all of you. Um, But, um, so I'm 31 and it wasn't until a year and a half ago when I turned 30 that I was actually able to experience oral sex um, pleasurably and also have an orgasm from it. Which I know, that sucks, I also hate that. Um, But I just want to quickly give a verbal tour of my vagina. So she's like kind of basic. She has everything like put in place. She uh, has a Eat, Pray, Love uh, poster on the wall. She, uh, (laughs) um, she's kind of like a Disney vagina. And like my clit is kind of like Rapunzel in this tall tower far away from everyone that no one can find her. Um, (laughs) So because of the naturally covered uh, position of my clit, It's incredibly primed for hypersensitivity. So that means if you touch it directly, it almost feels like it's touching. You're like licking a battery or touching an open socket, like a light socket. So it's always putting me in this like semi-painful position when I'm receiving oral sex. So I've had so many lovers, after lovers, after lovers, one of you guys could be one of those, Uh, (laughs) dip their head in between my legs, just for me to be like, I'm sorry, this is just not going to work. And that sucks because like, God, all I wanted to do was just like have an orgasm and then like press someone's face up against my pussy and like not care if they could breathe or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't want to turn this into a thing where it's like, well, men don't know how to like pussy kind of thing and like some men don't like that's trash figure that out but like um, That wasn't like that at all. Like um, I was in the later part of my 20s I was in a relationship with a woman. I have had many uh, different partners of different genders and expressions and sizes and people that um, it really was just like a sensitivity thing And so I was going into my 30s, resigning myself to never have an orgasm from Oral Island, and just like living there. And that island sucks. Don't book a trip on that island, it's one star review. Um, So in all of this, I was like turning 30, I was having a lot of anxiety, and I didn't really have an explanation as to why. Um, I was having a lot of like couldn't breathe, I was uh, like having random outbursts, like. Going into like deep depressions, and um, I didn't have health insurance at the time, so there was no way for me to therapy or medically fix what was going on, um, which which sucks to the healthcare system generally as a thing. Okay, um, but so what I did in that in that moment was like, I really need to fix this. So I grabbed a friend of mine and I was like, you need to bring me to a weed dealer because I hear weed like works or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So we went to a weed dealer and uh, like I did the transaction and I just like needed something to like keep the edge off of my life, to be okay in the world. Not even thinking about like sex. I was like on the island, on a boat, far away with my Rapunzel clit.
5: Far away, Um,
4: and uh, the dealer just like okay, and the dealer is like hands me this um, Ziploc bag where this where was this uh, Sharpie scribbled on the top, and it was like God's pussy. I
5: was like okay,
4: cool. Um, And in that moment, I didn't realize. (laughs) apparently that's like the name of like a strain i don't know god's pussy perfect dope um so i uh i didn't realize in that moment that like not only was this going to like change the way i was going to be able to walk in the world and be okay without health insurance and without being able to like treat myself in a like stereotypical like therapy medication situation but i was also going to have a different relationship with oral sex from that moment so maybe like a week or two after my 30th birthday, I'm like self-medicating in my room. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm like chilled out, everything's cool. I'm literally on that like, I don't give a fuck about anything moment. Um, and then I get that text that's like, hey, wanna hang out? Everyone here has gotten that text at 10 o'clock at
0: If night. you've gotten that text, say word. <laughs> word.
4: Um, so I'm like, yeah, I, I wanna hang out. Let's come on over. Um, so this person comes over. Uh, we watch an episode of Boardwalk Empire. Very sexy. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we start to make out, and that person like starts to like go down towards like that area, and I'm like, whatever, it's cool. I'm high, fine. Um, and in that moment, normally, typically, prior to this, I would have just like braced myself for the hypersensitivity that was going to happen. I was gonna, br- I was bracing, or I would have braced myself to be like. I'm sorry, this isn't gonna happen. Let's do something else, bye. Um, but that didn't happen. I was like, chill. My nerve endings weren't at the like precipice of like my skin. And I was able to calmly receive oral sex. And it was amazing. and It was perfect. And the coolest thing about it was that I felt like God's pussy and my pussy were working together to like, make <laughs> this whole thing happen. So, um but then uh, I had my first orgasm um, yeah it was uh it was great, and I was able to do that exact thing I wanted, which was like hold that person's head to my pussy and be like, I don't care if you breathe like it's fine. um they breathe, it's fine, it's fine um and I this was incredible for me, because this was like a thing that I had never been able to experience. I was 30 years old and I was like a person who worked in the sex industry, who wrote about sex, and I like couldn't figure this out, so this was a life-changing moment. And when I thought about like Under the Influence, for me, as like a woman, as a queer woman, as a plus-sized woman, as like a proud person in the world, like Under the Influence has so many negative connotations for me, um, as a maybe, possibly, for you guys, um, but, for me i was able to have this experience feel disconnected from like the things that i need to feel disconnected from but also feel totally connected to this thing that i could have never experienced and it the barrier was taken away even though i was under the influence so if anyone wants to be a part of this, after this show, uh, with me, personally, hello. And we can all have like God's pussy like come all over your face. (laughs) (laughs) You just DM me, or give me your number. All right, Laura! Wow,
0: wow, 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 wow. Laura, we've never had anybody proposition the whole room before. (laughs) Thank oh, that's me. God. Well, <laughs> thank God. No, thank God you're here. I think that. Um, I think that. Um, anybody see themselves in Laura's story? Say word. Word. Laura, we thank God that you've shared what you've shared. I do have a question.
4: I'm here for you.
0: I have two questions, okay. and and uh, the first one is you reference the island. This what was the name of the island?
4: Oh, never have uh, an orgasm or an oral sex orgasm island. Is
0: that like a reference from Inside Out?
4: I, what? <laughs>
0: Why <What>? I <laughs> am, am I the only person who's seen this movie Inside Out? <laughs> no, no,
4: no, it
0: happened. Nobody's seen Inside Out the yeah, animated. Why? P- yeah. right, but so the girl has all these little islands, and there's, just, there's Memory Island and oh. Creativity Island. Okay. All right. I don't know. okay no. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Forget it. <laughs> okay. A tad bit older. For that okay. I'm sorry. Listen, I said I love animated movies. I'm sorry that you just told the story about oral sex and I was thinking about it. No, okay, All right, so listen. Um, so, uh, Erwin, everybody! So, so, my question for you, though, is really around um, now what? So, the question is like, you know, you've, you've had this amazing journey. You you uh, you've discovered a tool that you can use to amplify your your sex life and uh, and more. And so, how are you engaging it now that you know?
4: Um, I I like the I, at first when I was like thinking about this story and thinking about uh, smoking weed as a way to like have an orgasm for oral sex. I was like, that feels. I, f- I was, like, giving that judgment to myself of, like, it feels like a crutch. And I'm like, it's not a crutch. It's the same way when you, like, walk out of the house and you put on a black dress and you put on a necklace and a ba- shoes and a bag. It's, like, the things that, like, make up your look. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, the look. So it's all about just taking the things that you have at your disposal. It's not It's not the rules. It's the tools. It's, like, I'm not giving myself mm-hmm. any rules to, like, make sure that, like, I'm having a sex life that is like free from like little things like that. Like I'm, I'm giving myself like the opportunity to feel good about the things that I need to have an orgasm and to not feel judgment about it. And that has opened me up to like a lot of just different experiences without judgment from myself and without judgment from other people and being really communicative. And I think that's like the best thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so then uh, can I ask another question? Of course you Thanks. can. Thanks. Oh, so my question is about actually the significance of the partner. So <laughs> how does uh, how does that how does who you're playing with play a role in this experience? Now that we know what we know.
4: Well, I'm really lucky that from like an earlier age, I was always very sexual and always felt very connected to the idea that like I could be communicative with my partners, that I could always say like to the left, to the right, and never felt like shame or judgment from myself or other people to do that. Um, and of course, there are always people who like don't know what they're doing and that's okay, like it's all fine, we figure things out. Um, It never was about like the partner. It had nothing to do with like who they were or their like gender or anything. It really was about like me trying to figure out like how I can go around this like hypersensitivity situation that I was having and like work, have like that be met halfway with what the person was doing to me. So just meeting that person halfway.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Thank God you're here. Thank you oh so God, thank much, you Laura. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> put your hands together for Laura. So, so um, I'm feeling inspired to, to mix things up a little bit. Uh, we have another storyteller here tonight who has a story also about marijuana. And when I... Initially thought about sex under the influence. I think that I initially went where a lot of us went when we were talking about words. It seemed like a lot of it has to do with alcohol, and um, marijuana is uh, is uh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go over here. Marijuana seems to be um, marijuana seems to be a, a popular tool uh, in in terms of exploring our sexuality. And so, Carmina, you're here. Yes. I'm so excited that you're here. Everybody, put your hands together for Carmina. <laughs>
3: for having me oh
0: my god thank god um, Carmina Carmina you're n- you're used to having mics and cameras around you you've spent you know a good portion of your life uh, in front of people and hosting conversations can you tell us a little bit about who you are before we go into your story
5: yeah of course I'm a coach and facilitator I created a training with my husband called camera ready and it's basically how to uncover the secret to move any audience yeah and what's your background? What were,
0: you, what were you doing when you were, where you were, when you were younger?
5: Spicy television personality in Spanish. That's yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> With the boobs all the way up to here and the red lipstick and all of that. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, Carmina, uh, how long are you married?
5: Three months.
0: <laughs> amazing. Uh, congratulations. To the
5: most amazing man ever. Okay. he's not here but yes <laughs> he is here he's with us he's here he'll be he'll be
0: listening in for sure yeah. we know that uh what'd she say um <laughs> so carmina i love when we spoke you have a story that i think is so important that many need to hear and i think it's good to come right after laura's amazing story so tell us tell us what's going on
5: yeah so i basically stopped doing any sort of recreational drug or alcohol or anything for many years And uh, became really rigorous about that almost to my detriment like my flow my ease all of that was out the door because I was so strict about like no weed no alcohol nothing totally clean I would even pride myself on that on the fact that I would say no I don't drink at a bar and uh, and my now husband was the same way and and being together for three years before we before he proposed to me, we were having sex only about once a month. And for me, as a very passionate, hot, juicy Latina, I was like, "What's happening?" And uh, I would I would create all these stories in my head because. In my household, we wouldn't talk about sex. That wasn't really allowed. Like the woman would just, my mom would just stay quiet. My dad's a macho man and no one questions the macho man. So I didn't really have the tools or know how to talk to my husband about it. And, uh, and it would just build up throughout the month. It would just build up, build up, build up. I then discovered that this sexual frustration thing, like when people say, oh, that person just needs to get laid, it's real. Because I was like, Ugh! So, uh, but I wouldn't talk about it. And that was the problem, that I didn't have that, that you know, courage to talk about it. So he started hosting a show about cannabis. And he was the you know, the host of the show, it was for 420 TV, so they started giving him things to try. And he was like, hey, guess what? I tried this edible and I was like, I wanna try that edible, let's do it. And so we started experimenting with edibles and they're, they're like fruit roll-ups, it's a fruit slab they're called. And uh, completely changed our entire dynamic because we tried it then and then we were starting to you know the foreplay and everything was like it always had been i'm I'm kind of a square when it comes to sex i guess you can call it because i typically love missionary that's when i have the best orgasms but This time, as I was starting to feel the edible, it was like, I wanted to try every position. He wanted to try every position. He turned into a character. I turned into a character. We ended up role-playing, and I was like a student from Mexico that didn't really know English. And now, now it's like we cannot stop having sex. He's like, I can't wait to have a baby. I wanna make out with you. We're like nonstop. So cannabis really, really, juiced up our sex life and we're so in love that it didn't make sense but really we call it the ego eradicator because all of the conversations all of the limited beliefs everything I made up he made up and all the elephant in the room everything's gone when we're on these fruit slabs so juicy 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 now in bed I'm first I was super insecure now in bed I'm like Beyonce I feel like I have like a fan on me and I feel I look at my body and I feel so sexy like I'm a supermodel and it's just completely changed the game for us so very grateful for cannabis
0: I mean, uh, you are just <laughs> one hell of a storyteller. <laughs> um, I love that little Beyonce <laughs> move. Yeah. So uh, may I ask you some questions? Yeah, all please. All right, great. Um, and again, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer. It's all good. Um, so when we had spoken, you also had told me about your, your orgasm, that, mm. that first orgasm. There was something just different about it. Yeah. And so I would love for you to speak to that, what that was all about. Because you said something that you're normally a doer. I remember that, that conversation. Yes, was, that's you know, right. You were like, that's if I'm going right. to have an orgasm, yeah. I'm going to make it happen. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, I think that I just please share yeah. if you can.
5: Maybe some of you can relate to this. But uh, when it's getting to the point of the orgasm, I usually, like, help out. I'm a doer, like I'm a big time doer, so I'm like pushing my pelvic floor down so that it could reach him and I could contribute and it could happen faster and I'm like putting in work because I'm a big time doer. Like, but with cannabis, it really allowed me to just be and open up and receive and then he feels like he's in such a contribution and it's not like me kind of like pushing for it. So it's it's like I was it's it's almost like I was pushing forward with my orgasms, and now with Wida it goes deeper and it and I just open up. And it feels like I have like triple orgasms. I don't know if I could qualify them as that, but it feels like that as opposed to like a surface orgasm.
0: Anybody who can relate to that, say word? word. I mean, this person right here. excuse <laughs> Hi, hi, hi. You're just like, she's speaking, and you're just <laughs> nodding, and you're like going like this. I feel like, um, can I chat with you for a second? Sure. Amazing. Well, first of all, thank you, Carmina. <laughs> thank you for sharing. You going to come over here. We'll just give it a second. We'll let them set up over here. And then, thank God you're here. I love it. You were sitting here, it was just like, you were so enthusiastic. <laughs> Uh, she's just going to come in here and, and we'll get that set up. Um, in the interim, how did you end up here tonight? Have you ever been here before? I have not. Okay, somebody sent you a text? No,
1: I'm here with this lovely lady. Okay. She's been here
0: before. Okay, and what's your relationship? We're friends. Friends, friends. Yep. okay. All right, great. Uh, and, and what is your name? I'm Kat. Cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. Okay, so Kat, what's coming up for you? You're listening to her and you're like yeah. really having a full-bodied response <laughs> to everything she's saying.
1: It's like her explanation of the orgasm. It's like, for me when I'm high and having sex, it's like you feel every surface of like your inner walls of your vagina. It's like it like turns on. you know what I mean? It's like, so every interaction with whatever is penetrating you, let's say, or touching you is heightened and you're aware of it. And so the orgasm is easier to easier to have. and, yeah, more intense because it's like every stroke is felt versus like, when you're maybe sober, it's yeah, I'm just, like, gonna, I'm yeah. just gonna
0: I'm just going to call it... So you say you, you say your, yeah. when you're feeling this. I'm Try to use the word, yeah, just me? use the... Sure. Yeah, I. Sure, I am... Um,
1: so
3: I've what? never experienced that. Yeah, My sure. vagina, I've never... <laughs>
1: sure.
3: <laughs> my
0: vagina is like, I don't know what's going on, but... It's so my
1: vagina... <laughs> I don't I, have
0: God's... I don't have God's pussy. That's uh, <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, let's talk about... Sure, let's my, talk about. my vagina. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So wh- whenever I'm, every touch, every sensation is is, um, is felt more uh, presently. Let's say. Yeah. And so the whole experience is more enjoyable. Have you easier. always been?
0: Have you always been that in tune with yourself?
1: No. Um. Well, <laughs> I've definitely been very sexual from a young age. Like, was masturbating when I was like five, which I think is common for women. Wow. But okay. um, but like, very like, okay with it? No. Like, when I first started having sex, like, there was no way I was having someone else give me an orgasm. I was just way too uptight to, you know, I was too anxious. And, and certainly, whenever I have sex with someone for the first couple times, I tend to, like, close off. It takes a little bit of yeah. com- getting comfortable. With sex. Anybody
0: else resonate with that? Say word. word. Okay. All right. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much I for sharing. Thank you good. so much to good. Kat. Okay. So, we have... We have we have a, a special guest tonight. Uh, we're we're doing things. We're we're changing a lot uh, this month. Uh, and this month we've brought in a, a very special human. Her name is uh, Dr. Jana Vrangilova. Uh You can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, Jana is a professor at NYU. Uh, she's a sex educator. Uh, she has done some of like the most important clinical research on casual sex, um, on polyamory and open relationships and monogamy. Um, she's truly like a thought leader uh, and an expert and an educator in all things human sexuality. And uh, she is uh, joining the Touchpoint Town Hall uh, officially as our uh, resident sex educator, and this is her uh, her debut. So please give her. <laughs> It turns out that I feel like the space could use just something more than a guy who has a lot of questions and actually didn't have a lot of sexual experience prior to starting this. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so hi, hi, Jana. Hi. Thank, I am so so grateful that you're here. I've been a, a fan of yours for a while. You were a storyteller once. Um, so we've been talking a lot about, right now so far, we've been talking a lot about marijuana. It's mm-hmm. come up a lot. Uh, and I was just curious, like, what insights, what things do you, you know, have been coming up for you as you've been listening to the stories that people have been sharing?
6: Well, as the, the resident sex educator and sort of a, the data scientist, which is what I've, I'm really passionate about, sort of translating in, uh, s- sex research to general audiences and being able to you know, give people some, some information about the general patterns that go beyond our personal anecdotes, and I've been following what's happening with the research on weed and sexuality, and there is some, finally, some academically published research about that that I would love to share with you. Uh, We have a really good study that just came out last year on a nationally representative uh, sample of Americans that looked at frequency of sex between uh, marijuana users and non-users, which kind of goes back to uh, Carmina's story about how much sex they were having and uh, so is there a relationship? And they did find in de- indeed that the people who were users of, of weed are having sex more often on average than non-users. And there was some dose effect with the people using more having more sex, um, especially for women uh, in, in fact. And the, the difference wasn't massive. So I think the, the numbers were something like six times on average per month for the non-users which you might think is not a lot, or uh, I don't know, some might be a lot, but. Six uh, times a month, six it times sounds a like, month feels I don't like know, is that, good. Uh, whatever. but the users, or the most regular users, were doing it seven times a month. So again, it's about the 20% increase, so not a massive increase, but there was some. some you month.
0: smoke weed, you get an extra shtup. You, know, you get great. an extra shtup <laughs> a month, One little, yes. one <laughs> little extra <laughs> stup. that's
3: good. No.
0: <laughs>
6: Now, I don't, it, what that study, that those kinds of studies cannot answer, is is that a causal uh, relationship? Yeah. So, in in Carmina's story, it seemed like the, the starting to use weed really was the the factor that you know made them have more sex and this may or may not be true in the general uh, population. We don't have those data, because to get those data, you would have to get a you know, group of people who've never smoked pot or don't smoke pot for sex, and then randomly assign half of them to smoke pot and then have sex, and then randomly assign the other half to smoke something that smells like pot, but it's not really pot, but they don't know, uh, and, then, and then see if... <laughs>
0: Shauna, I've never, I've never smoked pot before. Well, you life. be in our So sample. if we do this, uh, uh, yeah. I'd love to be a part of it. It's Has anybody d- else here ever n- have not smoked pot say word? Ever? Nobody? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Wait, why are you putting up your hand? You could say word? I oh, I uh, couldn't hear you. Okay. Oh, this is good.
6: <laughs> this is good.
0: We're... Uh, th- Thank okay, God gonna you're here. It's going to be hard
6: to make, d- make that experiment happen. Yeah. Um, at least with these people here. i me tell you, the,
0: <laughs> first, the first time we did the Touchpoint Town Hall, there was 12 of us sitting in a circle and they, at that point, people were voting on questions. They submitted vot- questions anonymously. We voted on them anonymously. The question they wanted to discuss was, how do I introduce BDSM into my sex life? And I like to joke to they're like, have you ever signed up for a job that you're totally not qualified for? I was sitting there like, what this is what I was like I came with my list of like questions like do you have sex on the first date and these people are like so do you use sex toys for anal penetration on the first date I'm like what what is going on so but it's so funny because I, I frequently ask you know audiences I say so here by a show of hands how many people here are like don't know what BDSM is and there's always just like the one who's like me <laughs> and so, so I feel you. It's great, Jana. Um, thank you so mm. much for sharing that. That's. Is there You're more? Welcome. Is there? Is there more on marijuana there that we want to share there, right there now? A little more. So yeah.
6: the, the causal aspect. I, I think it's really important to not in, interpret correlational findings as causal findings because one of the main things that people, uh, the, the scholars, were thinking. Well, maybe this is not a causal uh, finding. Is that there is this uh, thing called sensation seeking, and some people are higher on that than other people, and there's sexual. Sensation seeking that is part of that sensation seeking. So one thing that could be driving the effect is that people who are more likely to be doing drugs mm. of any kind, including weed, because they're higher sensation seekers or novelty seekers, are also might be more likely to be higher sen- sexual sensation seekers, and so that might wow. be driving the effect. Okay. The pleasure piece. Um, there is some research on be, be, you know pleasure and and uh, was was brought in not just not just uh, how often people have sex. There have been studies asking people who are using um, weed or have used weed for b- sex or just in general if that makes sex more pleasurable. And something between 50 and maybe 70% of users say they, that it does. And something like 20, 30% of users say that it actually decreases pleasure. Mm-hmm. And about 10 or however many uh, left in each particular study say it doesn't make a difference. So um, you know it, it is important to keep in mind that different things work differently for different people yeah. and different bodies and even though there may be something uh, something of a of a uh, greater uh, general pattern with most people finding it one way then there are people who are going to find the opposite effect yeah. for them.
0: Jana Vrangalova everybody. <laughs> so let's just do a quick check here. What words are coming up for you? You've heard a bunch of stories. We've talked about marijuana. We've talked about pleasure. We've talked about these things. What words are coming up? Just shout them out when you know them. Fun still plays.
3: plays.
0: (laughs) Disconnected. Trust. Trust. Oh, hi. (laughs) Oh, hi. Can I talk to you? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank God. Okay. Let's just let all the people get in place here. (laughs) Okay. First of all, you look Fantastic. This outfit is incredible. Thank you. I love it. I love it. What's your name? Tiana. Tiana, how'd you find yourself here tonight, Tiana? Uh,
7: through my friend
0: Dina. Dina? Yes. Oh, there's a hand in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you guys sitting together? Are you in a fight? What's going on? Dina wanted
7: to be in a chair, and I, I was okay. Oh, uh, okay.
0: Okay. Cool. I respect that. I get and it. And I'm Princess s- Jana. So oh, my I God. This is perfect. <laughs> All right. So, So talk to me about trust. What's coming up?
7: Um, It seemed that, um, from hearing the different stories, that there is an aspect of trust within themselves, that they were okay, they were in a good safe container, Um, she, uh, Carmina, yes, felt that she was in a, she was very anti-substances and prided herself on that, but then her husband, who was also on that bandwagon, was introduced and opened up and trusted this is something that he could imbibe and then wanted to share that with his partner, who he loves. Yeah. And she trusted him to then share that experience. So they're able to join together and yeah. elevate what they already had, which seemed beautiful. Um, what, do you feel,
0: what are you feeling right now? <laughs> uh,
7: nervousness?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that.
7: Not used to talking in front of groups of people. <laughs> let,
0: me, let me tell you, like, most of us have not really talked mm. about our sex lives with anyone, let alone a hundred strangers, <laughs> where somebody's <laughs> putting a mic in your face there's yeah. people with cameras. It's like awkward and weird, yes. you know? And so I get it. Yes. I think that, you know, it's funny. Creating this space has been one of these things where it's like, you know, it started where it was just 12 of us in a room, and it was like, oh my God, we're going to talk about this. How are we going to do this? You know, this is weird. Who's going to talk? you know And it's grown, it's grown. And now we brought the mics in and the cameras and everything, and it keeps evolving. Mm. But like, the vision for this is not just to create a safe space where we can talk about how human we are, right? It's to, like, turn the world into a safe space. Mm. And the only way we're going to turn the world into a safe space is if we just learn to talk about these things and say them out loud. Yes. You know what I mean? yes. yes.
3: Okay? Yes. So, yes.
0: like, so I'm with you. <laughs> and I'm so grateful you put up your hand <laughs> so I get you nervous.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Anybody else who would be nervous, say word. <laughs> okay, see, like, we're all nervous. It's like nervous. Most of the time people come here because they're just like, I'm nervous for these people. I got to see what they're going to do.
3: <laughs>
0: I'm not going to say anything. I'm nervous for them. I got to go. I got to see. You know? So I feel you. But when we're talking about trust and we're talking about sex and yeah. we're talking about substances,
7: yes.
0: what's coming up for you?
7: Uh, for me, yeah. I've only taken substances that I've researched online and then I've found people who have experimented with it previously and I trust their source and I trust them to be with me in that journey. Okay,
0: Do you, can so. you, can, are you comfortable elaborating on what that looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just we'll start, we'll start lightweight. We'll start, what kinds of substances are we talking about?
3: Um. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be lightweight.
0: <laughs> Name the people that you've been with. <laughs> And no. dealers. <laughs> 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 if you say god's pussy i swear to god
7: <laughs> <laughs> i wish i wish yeah. we need to talk about
0: <laughs> that one. yes okay so what are what are we talking about
7: um i marijuana okay um molly uh-huh. acid shrooms uh, k coke
0: what is k uh,
7: ketamine.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we're really starting to understand where I fall on this spectrum, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, did you get that from that amazing children's movie, Inside Out? <laughs> Everybody's like, ketamine, <laughs> motherfucker.
3: <laughs>
0: okay, so a lot, a lot of things. You see, yes. I got a lot of yes. things. Okay, all right, so, so you do the research on these things. And then, w- w- what? How is the? How is? B- how have your sexual explorations been different, using these tools? And I, I like to call them tools. Mm. You know, I think there's like a. You know, uh, when we call them drugs, I think that that's a heavy word. It comes with a lot of like a lot of judgment. And yes. so, in this space, we'll just call them tools. Yes. People need to choose which tools they want to use and why. Yes. So, tell me about. You know. What? Wh- how has it been different with the tools?
7: Um. It's when I, I can say that when I first started, um, I don't always want to necessarily have sexual experiences because I just want to experience it in general and see what my body does, how I react, and then usually on the second time experience it, I know what to expect. And then if I feel like engaging and I'm in a situation, then I will engage because yeah. um, then I don't Need to worry about someone taking care of me or me having a bad reaction or having a bad sexual experience. So it just allows me to kind of relax a bit more and be in tune with my partner that mm-hmm. I'm engaged with instead of being focused on, like, am I supposed to be feeling that? Is there a tingle in my head? Is there, like, what? Is there a bunny in the room? Like, what? <laughs> like, did you
0: say, is there a. B- it's just, like, t- is, did you anything? say, is there a bunny in the room? Yeah.
3: <laughs> is that K? <laughs> oh.
0: Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. Usually okay, Okay. I don't know.
3: <laughs> that's acid, okay. Yeah, yeah, or shrooms. Great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mostly okay.
0: shrooms, actually. Has there ever been a bunny in the room, though?
7: <laughs> no, there are actually demons under the
0: blanket one Holy time. Jesus. There <laughs> were <laughs> demons under the blanket. There were demons under the blanket. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Okay. It was kind of crazy, okay. but I
7: just covered, I just lived with a blanket, and yeah. then the jeans were gone, and it really
2: know okay. <laughs> it's totally
0: fine. Okay. Oh my God, thank God you were here. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you for sharing, everybody, please. Okay, so we're now gonna shift our attention over here to this, this gentle soul. Sa, thank you so much for being here tonight. Sa is a, is a friend. Uh, Sa is a meditation teacher and just a thought leader in the wellness space in general. uh, Please put your hands together for Sa (laughs) DeSimone. So so Sa, can you just, before we go into your story, just tell us a little bit about you, what you do, who you are.
8: What's up, everybody? Hi. Hi. Um, My name is Sa DeSimone, and I'm a meditation teacher and transformational coach. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to tell this story.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think that your story really moved me, and we've talked about it before. Um, but you know, the night has been—we've been talking a lot about using these tools to, you know, amplify experiences. Um, but you know, the you know the thing that came up first and foremost—you know—using uh, some of these tools, specifically alcohol. Um, you know, many of us have experiences with those, too, that that haven't really served, and, and I love your journey. So, if you could just tell us a little bit about your story. I'm excited. Okay, in five minutes, I would try. Yeah. <laughs> Blow our um, minds in five minutes.
8: Yes, I know she's gonna keep track. Um, so, I grew up with a lot of anxiety and depression, and who here can relate? Say, Say word. Word.
3: word. Okay.
8: Yeah, so I, uh, throughout my journey, I mean, I smoked crack when I was 14. I think it was like an attention seeking and also a way for me to cope with this heteronormative way that my family ran that I needed to like try to fit in. So everything after that, me getting to know myself sexually, I had to be on something and you name it, all the lists, honey, a little, and a little bit more. Uh, and that's, that's how I got to know myself sexually, that's how I got to cope with anxiety and depression, was really just experiencing with all kinds of different drugs. And I think when you grow up in the, queer, in the queer community, unless you have really incredible parents, don't get me wrong, mom, I love you and dad, you're amazing. But the truth is, there is uh, an internalized shame about being being yourself. There's a this constant inner critic that's like, you know, clinging on to every experience and making you feel bad. And whoever said guilt, I was like, yes, because that was what I, what would happen to me. That's after Nora, ev- Nora, what's yeah. up? Every after every sexual experience I had, I would have guilt, and it wasn't just the guilt because I was having a homosexual experience, but it was this all these generations of trauma that were like bubbling up. And you know, all of a sudden I was hooked in that story until I begun my path into the spiritual journey and I decided to become sober. And because I was either gonna go onto to uh, medication and, and treat my depression and anxiety with that, or I was gonna go the different route. And it's unique for everybody, right? It's what I tell my clients and students everywhere. It's a very unique thing, how you deal with your mind, how you make friends with your mind. But for me, I needed to be sober. I realized that uh, when I stopped, um, you know, doing coke and smoking and and drinking alcohol, the pot was kind of still the lingering part. I would smoke pot, and then all the voices that were kind of like in the background, all of a sudden, they were like, yo, I'm back, you know? (laughs) So that kind of thing kept coming back. And it would happen a lot during sex. I would actually be having this kind of like outer body experience where I would be judging myself and judging the experience and judging him and judging... Everything and mostly just being able to not be able to be present, to experience what it is to have another human body and nervous systems connecting and, and sweat and the smells and, I mean, all of the things that make sex so interesting. Until this March and where I was leading a retreat in Mazunte and um, I was like, I need to see what it's like to have sober sex because it would have been the first time ever for me. And it was really interesting because as I was like agreeing to go meet this guy on Grindr, he, I'm sitting at the beach. I had just finished, all the retreaters had left and I was sitting at the beach waiting for me to like pull the trigger and confirm where we'll meet. And he said, let's meet for a drink. And I didn't say anything because sometimes it's, you know, I was like, I'm sober. I didn't want to put the barriers. I just wanted to experience. And we, I'm sitting at the beach waiting, and there's a dog comes by. His mouth is foaming, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? I think this dog is, like, having a seizure or something. Well, turns out apparently in this area of Mexico, it's normal that dogs get poisoned, and the people kill the dogs when they're um, eating trash. So, you know, me being the good Buddhist that I am, I ran over there and poured some water into the mouth of the dog, trying to get him to, like, feel something, and, you know, just trying to, like, help. And I was like, this is the sign that I needed that I should not go and try this today. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. And then, and then within minutes of me pouring the water in the, the dog's mouth, some doctor comes with like a handful of charcoal pills, shoves them, the, them down the mouth of the dog, and then they take him away. It turns out a little bit later, not to be a bummer, but the dog dies. I go off on my path, and as I walk, as I'm walking towards the bridge where we're supposed to sit and, and meet, Um, we ran into each other and it was just kind of this like silent, but it wasn't awkward. It wasn't awkward, which for me was very new because silence for me was a sign of boredom, a sign of awkwardness, right? Mm -hmm. And when we sat down at the bridge, we didn't order cocktails. We ordered two fresh, cold coconuts and the guy cut them in front of us and then we just sat in front of the bridge, on the bridge, you know, sipping the coconuts and we're still holding silence, which was very interesting and gazing at each other's eyes and being able to like hold space in this way and as we finished the coconuts he was like you want to come over i was like yeah let's try this so i go over to his house and a you know a dingy ass little room a very typical traveler space not to stereotype but i was i lived a nomadic lifestyle for almost three years so i know what that's like to have very little and to have all your sheets everywhere and clothes everywhere and some burning incense here and an old candle and the whole thing is like a mess but I was like okay this is cool I'm into it like you know I like let my hair down I was like okay let's see what's up I didn't do the whole Beyonce move but you know kind of it was kind of like all right I was like okay this is this is my chance like let, let's put the practice into work let me see if I can do it and it was I was practicing I was coming back so often to, to the breath into the body because I could notice the old stories playing out in my mind and wanting me to you know, yank me into the future, into the past and judge the whole thing. But we immediately fell on the bed and it was really beautiful and really steamy and yummy and, you know, we did all the things. And I, for the first time, I was actually, after we finished, I laid my head on his his chest and I could actually hear his heartbeat. I could actually hear the and that was so profound to be present to that and notice how my nervous system all of a sudden was in sync with his. And Jana, you can talk about the co-regulation that, that, that happens with, with nervous systems, right? Uh, and the beautiful thing was that I was like, experience these, you know, quote unquote, moments of Samadhi, of transcendence, while in this like dingy ass bedroom, having sober sex with some random dude who, I'm not gonna say his name because we might see each other still. Uh, but he's a sweetheart, and it was a very new experience. And then we, and then the, the next thing that was very interesting was laying in bed, and experiencing the heartbeat, and then being completely present. That wasn't like, should we smoke a cigarette? Should we eat something? Should we do this? Should we? What happens next? Who am I to you? What am I? Who are you to me? All the layers and the labeling that plays out on the mind that drags us out of the present moment. I was there, and it was the very first time I experienced being completely present while having sex. And the smell of the cum wasn't pungent. It was like, "Mm, this is yummy. You know, Uh, the sweat wasn't like gross. It was like, wow, that's so beautiful. Your skin is so dewy. You know, it was all these very new ways that I noticed how my perspective had changed, how I had widen my, my 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 you know view of the world and essentially the view of myself right and how i was able to release the the internal shame about having gay sex and that i was actually have just ran up everest for me because i could have sober sex and we took a shower after and then we went to ecstatic dance and then i never saw him again yeah. um but that's my story
3: woo, woo, woo. Yeah.
0: Sa, you have a very special gift um, of bringing people into your world and uh, allowing us to experience what you experience. And um, does everybody know what I'm talking about? Say word. Word. I mean that was just that was so special. And I think there's a couple things that you you reference and 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 my questions you are really around what happened afterwards you know the thing with the head on the you know listening to the heartbeat Um, the the being present with the smells and the scents and the shower you know I think that I I like to refer to that as post play right post play Um, and that's just a, such a profound time for us to really connect. And I think we do. There's a lot of escapism there where we're like, we're done and we want to get out. And I feel that. I've been there. I know that feeling. Anybody else know that feeling? Say word. word. Okay, so we know that feeling. So that that's such a profound moment. So I want to know, in that moment, how did you feel about yourself?
8: Good. Yeah. Really good. Like, yeah. I was like, damn, this, these years of practice, actually, it's paying off. I'm living it. It's yeah. good. But the truth is, it's been hard. And that's why I was really encouraged to be here tonight and share. Like, within the queer community, to be sober and conscious has been a real mission. I've had two encounters since, and this beautiful actor that I was like making out with at Union Square not too long ago, I shared with you guys about the story. and
0: <laughs> you're so cute.
8: <laughs> he had this amazing heart on and we were like totally in and it was beautiful and profound and so yummy. Um but he was when we reached that point he was like I don't know what this is because I've never had sober sex. So it's still it's still a barrier. It's still yeah. something that I I encounter so um I want to share this to be able to encourage people to within the queer community to um, try it out, see what it's like to to experience yourself in a in a whole new way, and um, I haven't talked to Homeboy again. Um, we we are on WhatsApp, but I haven't replied to him just yet. Okay. I'm Trying to see if I if I'm I'm, I'm going to go back to Mexico. Or <laughs> I go, yeah. You know. Um, I'm I'm curious. I mean, and honestly, what's happened now is the last thing I'm going to say is I've put on my dating profiles on Raya and. Tinder and whatever the fuck, all of them. I said sober meditator X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. And I even list now. Um, you know the th- the things that I'm interested in, and it's been like a really nice filter because some people are really drawn to it. Um, I have a date with a scientist next Tuesday, which I'm excited. He says he's sober. <laughs> you know, he's very cute. So that's where I'm at.
0: Okay, everybody, Sadie Simone. You know, while we're on the subject of sobriety, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, uh, her name is uh, Ruby Warrington. Everybody, please put your hands for Ruby. Um, Ruby, they're gonna get situated with this mic and other things. So Ruby is, uh, Ruby is the uh, co-founder of a community here in New York called Club Soda. Um, and, uh, and she also has a book coming out on December 31st of this year. Uh, called Sober Curious and so I got that right, right? Uh Okay, perfect. So uh, Ruby, you know, I wanted you here tonight just because I knew we were going to be talking about, you know, all the things and we had this amazing story about sober sex and you've really been on this, it sounds like it's really become part of your life mission around like introducing people to another potentiality in life that, you know, like sobriety, you know, doesn't have to be this thing that like, you know, you were super fucked up and now your life is different. It's just like, like, can we explore dancing? Can we explore hanging out? Can we, you know? And I know in your book, you have a chapter around um, sobriety and sex. And so in putting together this book, I'm just curious what has come up for you, uh, in, uh, you know, in the area of sobriety and sex.
9: Well, yeah, the first thing I will say is the soda in Club, sober, Club Soda stands for sober or debating abstinence. So we're really not about absolutes. And as we've heard several times, different things work for different people. But what we don't really hear very often is that it's okay to choose not to drink, that it doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make you uncool. It doesn't automatically mean the end of your social life or the end of your sex life, right? Because alcohol, when you really start to look at it, so sober curious for me means literally that, like choosing to question every single impulse, invitation, instinct, knee-jerk response, reach for a drink. So that each one of those times you do take a drink, and I'm talking about alcohol specifically when I talk about sobriety, mm-hmm. um, it's a really conscious choice that you know is the right choice for you in that moment, right? Yeah. And so, so being sober curious, the book I've written is offering sobriety to anybody who's choosing to live a more present life presence is a word that came up so many times in your story and for me that's what this sober curious journey has been about Mm -hmm. for myself personally both these projects are off the back of my own personal journey Mm -hmm. of choosing a more spiritual and connected and present path and then realizing that alcohol and the way I was using it, which was pretty much the way most of us use it, like I would never have called myself a quote unquote problem drinker, because also what's that? Is there any such thing as normal drinking? Who knows? (laughs) Um, It was, alcohol was separating me from feeling connected to myself and feeling connected to my body and feeling connected to the other people in my life.
0: Anybody else that, that resonates with, say word. Word. Okay, right. so you're not alone. <laughs> Thank God you wrote and a book. So Lots of people are gonna read it.
9: So so when you then start applying this sober curious mindset to all the different ways that we use alcohol, it's obviously there, pre- so prevalent in all of our interpersonal reactions, in all of our relationships, mm-hmm. right? It is the social lube above all. <laughs> And so, of course, in our sex lives, so there's a chapter on sober curious love, sex, and relationships. And there's a line in it where I'm quoting my friend Kate, who is very active on the kind of like dating hookup scene, let's say, in New York. And she just says, hey, isn't it ironic how we're all drinking to facilitate having more sex, and then the sex is shit. (laughs) And it's like. Anybody feel that (laughs) way, say word? Okay. Okay. So again, it's a generalization. Right? Different (laughs) things work for different people but based on my own experience and the majority of people I've met on this path and have interviewed for my book, alcohol of all the substances that we can use to enhance or tweak or play with or alter our states, Alcohol is the one that's literally, I think I have a line in that chapter which's like, is the equivalent of rubbing genith- um, num- numbing cream on your genitals before you have sex. It's like, that's a visual. It's just <laughs> and now I've got a
0: tour kind of, of, of her <laughs> vagina, and now I'm thinking right. about the whole thing. Yeah.
9: So it's just kind of, I don't know, it seems to me quite a sad state of affairs that yeah. of all of the substances, and it's not, a su- it's not, obviously, it's the only legal substance that we're actually talking about, right? But mm-hmm. it's the only substance we're that it has found its way into our sex lives, yeah. and yet it's the one that takes the most away from us, from yeah. our sexual experiences. If alcohol, a lot of, uh, I, I believe that a lot of people use alcohol in our kind of hookups, which I would define as any kind of sexual experience with a stranger or kind of outside of a long-term relationship. And in fact, Jana shared an interesting statistic with me about this. She said that among college students, alcohol plays a role in 90% of hookups, but in only...
0: Oh, oh, yeah, she's gonna, uh, hold on, let's bring the
9: mic over here. But in only 10% of long-term relationships, does alcohol play any role in the sexual?
6: Okay, Al- 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 Almost there. Um, almost. So among <laughs> college students, absolutely, alcohol does play a huge role, and there's been so much research because it is uh, legal and because it is uh, ubiqui- ubiquitous in, in um, youth culture, sort of, and so some research finds that 90% of hookups with a stranger, involve uh, alcohol to some extent. So not all hookups because you can hook up with a non-stranger, right. with a friend, with a fuck buddy, with uh, other types of casual partners. But if it's a stranger that you just met, 90% of college students report that they were drinking at least somewhat compared to something like 5% with a long-term romantic partner, and then like 10% with a new romantic partner. And then as yes. you go up uh, that, like how well you know the person or how yeah, it goes, um, it goes down, and how little you know your partner, the percentage of drinking goes up. And in so of those ninety percent of stranger hookups that involved alcohol, about sixty were binge drinking episodes. So uh, that's defined as four or four to five uh, drinks per episode. So there's a lot. Of, it's a wow. lot of that. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much to Ruby. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I think. You know, you brought up you brought up some really interesting points. I think we're talking about we're talking about alcohol here, uh, specifically alcohol and sexuality. Uh, what words are coming up for everyone out here? What are we feeling? Hard to date. Hard to date. Okay. Anybody else? Consent. Who said consent? Oh, wow, you're way in the back. Uh, who? Who sloppy. else? What?
1: Sloppy. Who said that? Sloppy. Oh, sloppy.
0: Dr. Dr. Jana. Anybody else? Did you say uninhibited? Who said regret?
3: Cat, I love you.
0: <laughs> love Kat. Okay, who, who somebody was back here?
3: Blackout.
0: Did you say what? Blackout. Blackout? Can I chat with you for a second? <laughs> okay. Okay, so so how did you get here tonight?
10: Um, I've been listening on iTunes for a while. Oh, cool. And I won the lottery.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, thank God. Okay, cool. So um what's your name? Makana. Makana. So Makana, what, you're talking about blackout, what's coming up, what is that? What?
10: Yeah, so it's so funny because I feel like, on one hand, I can count how many times I feel like I've blacked out, but like the first night hooking up with one guy, we went out and got drinks and I don't drink like that much. And like the next morning, my cousin was like, oh, like how was it? And I was like, I couldn't like remember it. I was like, uh oh. like it was like good, I think.
0: Anybody else ever been there, say word? <laughs> Okay, a lot yeah. of people don't remember things. Yeah. It was
10: just so interesting, because I was like really excited to like hang out with him, but yeah. then literally couldn't remember what it was like.
0: So how do you feel now, reflecting on that story?
10: Um, there was definitely like no shame or judgment. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, I guess I have to hook up with him again. Like, and not... <laughs> Okay. And just not drink as much.
0: Did that happen? <laughs> yes. And how was it?
10: It was really good.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. And then what happened?
10: I got annoying. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. So was it McKenna? Did I say that? Right? McKenna. McKenna, everybody, McKenna. Okay. So we have we have one more story tonight before we close the space. Uh, a- Oh my God! Absolutely, Dr. Shana. <laughs> well, please. Actually,
6: what, what Ruby brought up earlier when we were talking—that um, people are often afraid of getting dr- you know, something put in their drink and date raping them because of that that uh, that uh, substance—alcohol is the number one date date rape drug. Period. Right? That is the drug <laughs> that gets most people in these in these uh, nonconsensual situations. And if you, it, it, all surveys on all of this uh, find that the, it is the number one reason for regret. So whoever was saying regret, that mm. is the number one reason for regretting a sexual experience is alcohol. Mm. I was too drunk, or I was taken advantage of because I was drunk, or you know I did mm-hmm. things that I didn't want to do because I was, so um, absolutely. Yeah, okay. and now, now I don't know if, if, other drugs were just as available and just as prevalent in our world and legal so that people would be using them as much as they were using alcohol. I don't know if it's the worst drug for sex because simply we don't use you know, cocaine as much for, for sex or, or acid. Or uh, K. Or ketamine, yes. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> right.
0: So, so that, brings us, and that brings us to our, our final storyteller of the night. And uh, Zach... I'm so grateful that you're here. Everybody, please put your hands together for Zach. (laughs) Zach's Zach's story is so wild. Zach, can you just tell us, before you go into your story, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what's going on in your life, what does your life look like?
11: Cool. So um, I teach innovation at uh, at Parsons. I I am a futurist. I have a, a seminar on futurism that I do. Uh, and I'm trying to uh, build what will be the, I guess, kind of the High Line of Brooklyn. Uh, it's an old historic oil refinery on the waterfront in Williamsburg, and we're, we're turning it into the next major New York park. So cool. that's me. Um, and what's that called? It's called Maker Park. Cool. Yeah, let's all just check make it out. sure everybody knows. Um, All
0: right, so what's your story Zach?
11: All right. So, uh, well, the story actually—it's funny. The story starts at uh, on May of that year, um, when my long-term relationship uh, ended. I was uh, attempting to facilitate a threesome, and instead, uh, facilitated what is now, I guess, um, a fiance situation with my ex-girlfriend and, and the guy. So, um, it was it was it was an interesting summer, to say the least. Uh, and I spent a lot of it. Um, <laughs> Uh, doing a lot of mushrooms, we had found these mushroom chocolates, and I was very into them, and they I think helped me a lot. I mean, they were it was it was just a very good experience, and so I I was felt very confident with these mushrooms and with the chocolate, and uh, so fast forward to the end of the summer. And, uh, and I have a mutual friend and it introduces me and says, you need to go on this date with this girl. Um, and so I look up her on Instagram and it turns out we have the same last name. So this is Rachel Waldman. I am Zach Waldman. And we are not married yet. Um,
0: and you're not related.
11: As we're that not related right. either, uh, as far as we know. And, uh, <laughs> and so basically, and then we, we, we go on this first date and, and we, you know, we find out that actually I'm December 13th. She's December 14th. Uh, there's, and there's, there's even more craziness that goes on to it, but you know, suffice it to say. So so we, we're in this relationship, it's kind of an immediate click thing we're on our first date, and everything's going well. Cut about a week into the relationship, and we're <laughs> at a, uh, a pool party in Connecticut. It's one of those very bougie things, a whole bunch of people you know, getting really drunk and everything. And I had a couple drinks because there was no uh, marijuana, which is my drug of choice. And uh, and then and then she sees a friend of hers from like childhood, and it's this you know this little bouncy guy, and he's you know running and he's and he has K in a in a eye, or, excuse me in a nose thing a nasal spray of of K. Oh, K
0: comes in different forms. Yo,
11: oh, it apparently. Um, wow. uh, but I had never done K. I'd done most of the rest of that list, but K was not yet on my repertoire, and so I was like doing it um, and, we, uh, and so we, we both kind of do it and, and it's fun it's not really actually anything that I would say was you know transformative or whatever it just kind of felt like I was a little bit more drunk and having a good time and we go back home we get home and, and about this is five or six hours later um, we're, we're back home everyone's chilling uh, and we decided to do some mushrooms so my friends like let's just mushrooms and we had decided the best way to do mushrooms because I don't really like this dark chocolate it was all dark chocolate um, was we make uh, chocolate milk so we would we'd make hot chocolate with the mushroom chocolates and then just drink it, and it was very
0: good. We'll include um, the recipe in tomorrow's evening. yeah exactly. It's,
11: we'll send it out to you. So, so I have some of these. I have a decent amount, um, and my friend has some. And then I was like, Rachel, you should uh, you should try this. This is pretty cool. And and she uh, reluctantly and bravely uh, accepts. And so we we both uh, do some of the mushroom hot chocolate. And, and then it's about, I don't know, 30 minutes later, and I'm talking, as you can see that I am apt to do. And, uh, and about midway through the conversation, I was like, I'm way too high to be talking. And, and I don't know if you've ever had that experience. It's not a good experience, I've never had that experience. And, and it was instantly jarring to me. And I was like, oh no, this is not good. We, um, and I kind of signaled to Rachel, I was like, we have to go. We have to get out of this apartment. This is, we can't be doing this in an apartment. And so and so we, we got up and we started herding our friends out and we, we were out the door, we got outside, we walked about a half a block and then we hit Park Avenue and like the buildings were coming down on me and the cars were really tiny and I could hear the woman <laughs> talking on her phone behind me like she was screaming in my ear. And I was like, we gotta go back inside. <laughs> we gotta go back inside immediately. Um, and so we like turned around and head back inside, left our friends right on the street. Um, <laughs> And we get back inside, and then I'm, I kind of have the realization that like I'm not the only one who did those mushrooms and the K, and I was like, oh no, I've <laughs> taken this... Poor girl on a real on her first trip, and it's gonna be a bad trip, and this is terrible. So then I like I'm all on you know trying to figure out how to make it better for her, and uh, but re- you know and it, it didn't work. It was not very great, and we had a really uh, uh, lovely time having a terrible trip together uh, for for about four or so hours. Um, and and and, I, and she reminded me apparently there was no sex in this story because at a certain point I was like. Not happening, it's not gonna happen tonight. And, uh, and so we really just, the, the night ends and the story ends with us kind of uh, like lying together in bed, kind of holding each other and like getting us, our self kind of together through this experience. And so it was interesting to me that while um, ketamine and mushrooms do not mix, um, and that I felt like that was a, that was a bad ending, um, the bad trip and a new relationship, um, turns out wasn't actually so terrible after all. And we, uh, we just celebrated our one year anniversary and, uh, and hopefully many more. So that's, that's our story. And before I end it, I do want to say uh, thank you so much to Jared. Um, he puts this on. I was at the second touch point and I've watched this journey and it's so unbelievable to see the kind of change that just happens viscerally in the room as these kind of things are uh, you know discussed. So congratulations to Jared and thank you guys. Thank you.
0: And to every single one of you that sat here and listened and shared your energy, thank you so much. I am the most grateful. I wish you the most incredible night and the most unbelievable conversations. And uh, we'll see you next month. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> I'm Jared Matthew Weiss. Thanks for listening to Touchpoint True Stories. For more information about Touchpoint, you can find us on Instagram at lovetouchpoint and on web at lovetouchpoint.com. We'll see you next time.